Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Pat Magley. I'm the director, visionary of Heroes Camp uh, Ministry in Mishawaka, Indiana. Started in South Bend, one side of the streets of Mishawaka, the other side is South Bend. The Lord bless you. I'm here today to encourage us to go on with the Lord and to make news. In the midst of the news that seems like it's being made, there's some news that God wants to make in overcoming all this other madness by obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Father, I thank you today that the vibration from the big heaven that's in the third heaven be in the vibration in the little heaven that you put on the inside of me. And turn it up, God. Let there be such a synchronization, God, that wherever I walk, God, there be some type of know-how, some type of ability, some type of something that's released, some type of shadow that's released to encourage people at the gas station, at, the, at wherever I go, God, wherever I go, at the church, at the grocery store, which I really don't go there. My wife handles that. But Father, I thank you in my family that we win. We always win. And God, I'm grateful today for this message, God, of just sharing the truth and love, especially about longing and panting. I would like to say Richard Baxter said that sin is the murderer of the whole world. We're so concerned and consumed with so many things. But God told Adam, if you eat off that one tree, you shall surely die. And we've been eating off that tree even after he opened up the veil that we can see into the heavens. We continue to eat off the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we make it up as we go when the tree of life is full of fruit, and yet we're not hungry for that. God changed our appetites. America has lost its glow. It's lost its glory. It comes from the inside. It's not an outside thing. America looks all handsome and everything. It looks all fine and sexy and beautiful on the outside. That's not what I'm talking about. That's the wrong perspective. The Bible says, present your whole spirit, your inside person first, soul, and then your body. They were looking in the mirror with the angel of light that fell, Lucifer. That's, that's why we look so good. We're looking with wrong light. If we would look with the light of his love, we would see mercy and we would see that we're wrong and we would have the encouragement by that mercy to be able to change. Today, I'd also like to talk about what it is to watch because we're called to watch and pray in Matthew 24, 41. Watch is a method of protection. Watching will help you see things that if you don't watch, you won't see it. Watching is intentional. Watching will help you to sidestep tragedy. Watching will help you see trends in culture that are coming that you can bind in prayer that you can begin to deal with in the spirit world. We must make this warfare spiritual. We must take it to another level of spiritual by fasting and prayer and long fasting, long prayer. And if we don't do that, we're just really bluffing. Watching and praying. Without watching, you become full. You become sluggish. You become lazy. You become content with less than you need for the hour that we're headed towards. We are not prepared. That's why so many are walking in fear right now. When it was their time to, to prepare, they were goofing around. Now, many are just ignorant, which is those that are, have knowledge of God should be doing the work of evangelism like now, like never before, starting with fasting and prayer. Not just catching people at random, but Lord, give me souls today. God, show me what, show me who I'm going to encounter today. We can pray accurately and we can receive accurately if we don't pray amiss and just ask it for ourselves to spend it on ourselves. There is a survival kit for life, but there's not one for existence. There is no survival kit for existence. Life is in Christ. There's not a survival kit for existence. 
is waiting, pressing, working, reading, studying, fasting, praying for endowment from on high. That's what Christ did, and that was the model for the disciples to follow to impress upon the world that could be saved. I don't want just to impress, but I also want to, with that impression, I want to impact. I want to knock somebody off the course the day that he knocked me off the course that I was on, going to hell, death, and the grave. He set me free. And so I'm, I'm a debtor for that. And let me say to you that I believe that happiness is on its way out. Happiness is getting ready to be extinct. Too many things in happiness are too susceptible relating on happenings. So I, I was at Sam's Club the other day and looking at it, and I seen everybody with a mask, everybody with gloves on, everybody walking in fear, wasn't nobody happy. You know something, I lost my middle brother in 2014, and I was not happy. But it didn't affect my joy quotient at all. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy is related to the eternal tree of life, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. When you ain't happy, you can still have joy, but you better learn how to speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in this hour. You know, take more time with your inner person because that's where you win the war. You can get a gun, you can have a military, but you ain't gonna win the war until you win it with Christ over the enemy and the enemy that's within you to start with, in your mind, in your heart, in your imagination. Happiness makes you susceptible to deception. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I'd like to say in Matthew 24, this is what it says in verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I'll tell you the truth. They will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Not on top of religion, not on top of politics, and not on top of education. Not one stone of all those buildings where we're putting our trust. My trust is not in the church. My trust is in the living God and his complete sacrifice, his thorough and eternal sacrifice in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when the church becomes what it's supposed to do and come out of a kindergarten and try to be a kindergarten cop of the planet, when the planet is full grown in sin and the church is still very, very infantile and very immature in its approach. We've got the greatest preachers maybe the world has ever seen. But do we have a deep intercession? Do we have a brokenness? Do we have tears? Do we have the lamentation that it's going to take to birth a revival? That's what's going to change things is reviving, reviving, reviving. I'm not here to win anybody to anything except Christ and including a popularity contest. In Matthew 23, 37, uh, Jesus said, I desire to gather you. I long to gather you like a mother hen of her chickens in the barnyard. But we, won't, we don't want to be gathered. We don't want to be gathered to Christ. We'll go to church, but we won't be gathered to Christ. They're not the same thing. Being gathered to Christ, then when you go to church, you take Christ with you. That makes the pastor's job easier. Now the prayers that he prays, he, he doesn't need to write the script out what he wants to say. He can rely on the Holy Ghost. That's what we need is the Holy Ghost. The future is going to be full. Hear me on this one. The future is going to be full of divine coincidences and extemporaneous meetings called and led by the Holy Ghost because of this longing. 
If we'll receive that longing, and the Bible also says in, in, in Psalm 42, 1, that as the deer pants after the, the water brook, so my soul pants after you. Let's get a panting. Let's get a thirsting. Let's get a hungering for the Lord. Let's spend a day and a night in the deep. Let's begin to fast 10, 15, 20 days. Let's see what God is doing. Let's put God's honors up on the line. God wants us to put him to the test right now. He's all, God makes his reputation on the difficult situations. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that's unknowable, but there are some things that are unknown. And we need to know God in that way. Let me say to you today, in the ark, and we had Uzzah when he died in 2 Samuel 6, 13. And he reached his hand out because the oxen were carrying the ark. It's, it's too serious of a thing to carry the ark. There were generations of the unborn were in the ark. The presence of the Lord, the mind of God was in the ark. Christ was in the ark before he was born, before he came to the world. He was in the ark. Everything that's ever going to take place, including the rapture, was in the ark. The mind is in the ark. Oxen are not supposed to carry it. It's too big a responsibility. The royal priesthood are supposed to carry the ark. And it was such a heavy and a weighty experience. They only carried it six steps and they put it down and they worshiped. We must slow down so we can accelerate in understanding what God has given us is the thing that will work in this crazy world. It's the only thing that's going to work. I'm telling you, these buildings are coming down. And it said in Matthew 24, 4, and make sure that nobody deceives you, not politically, not religiously, and not academically, not economically, not racially. I'm telling you, that which is born from above has overcome the world. Prayer over time redeems time. Maybe not the first day, maybe not the second day, but you'll feel yourself getting lighter, in concern and worry, you'll feel the weight of his glory coming into your soul. You'll be more confident in Christ. You'll be more confident in what his ability can do in you, around you, and through you. Prayer over time redeems time, and it opens up the vastness of inspiration, illumination, and ability. Revelation, Saul and Samson were both turned into another man when his spirit came upon them. We need the spirit to come up on us. We need the spirit to, to live inside of us, live inside of our speech, live inside of our conduct, to have integrity, to have character. Uh, we need to keep watching and prayer to secure revelation, also equipped with divine timing. We need revelation and we need timing. We need them both right now. Those are weighty matters. If we're ever going to govern, especially with a generation that's out of order, with a rod of iron, we must, as we begin to feed and clothe and teach and preach and pray and anoint and baptize all the things that we're called to do. Turn off Sports Center. Watch it and then turn it off. Turn all that stuff off. And do what we're called to do. See if God will bless you about what you want to do if you'll do what you're called to do. Where's our allegiance? Wow, that's a great question. My wife, when she was 17 years old, and she fell, and I was on the campus of West Georgia College, and she fell outside my dorm and turned her ankle. And I carried her about three quarters of a mile, 130 pounds, to the infirmary. Down a, down a hill, down some steps, across a bridge, up some steps, and up a hill into an infirmary. They took an x-ray to see if it was broken, and thank God it wasn't. Just a few years ago, she was 254 pounds. 
Now, and she had some health issues. Her metabolism went south, but I had allegiance. And I made a covenant with my eyes, even before I got saved. I knew that stuff wasn't right. Where's our allegiance? We have all these other redeemers. Where's our allegiance? My wife's weight is back down, and I thank God for it. She's the apple of God's eye, and we're the apple of God's eye, and so are you. Believe it. Believe it. When people overlook you, when the world is going to laugh at us and mock us like never before, and something to say that if they kill you, they're doing God a favor, don't sweat that. We're only here for a short, the law, all of life is proving ground to say nothing can separate you from the love of God. I know God loves me. I know he's got my daughter, got my son-in-law, got my grandchildren. He got the, he got the whole world in his hands. He really, really does. I want to get this in your spirit and get fear out of your mind. Mind. Allegiance is the loyalty of a citizen to the government. Loyalty and devotion, dedication, faithfulness, fidelity. It's an obligation and it's a duty and it's an honor. I have an allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's there for me day and night. It's not whether I can feel him. It's some days the anointing is great, and some days I don't feel his presence at all. And that makes it even better when I worship, because the just shall live by faith. The Bible says that the wages of sin, that's a plural payment. You get a plural negative payment, a plural payment for sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift is singular. The payment of sin is plural. But the reward of living for Christ is singular and is Christ. He said, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Boy, I, it don't get any better for that right there. It's real clear. When I put everything out there and lay it all out, I said, nope, that's Christ. That's Christ. That's Christ. That's what I want. That's what I'm going to get. I'm going to go after that. That's going to be beneficial. And I put this stuff over here. I separate the old sheep from my goats it, within my own life, within my own mind. I don't want anything having victory over me. God help me. A spirit of darkness leads to a despaired oblivion. You can't see nothing. Nothing makes any sense. Uh, you're not in kind of any sync. You're out of rhythm with everything on around you. And it's intimidating when you watch too much news. Why don't you be busy making some news? Do some good things for people. I know people are not going to print that. Don't let them print it. Do it because it's in your heart. A spirit of religion leads to irrelevance. Going to church without Christ. Reading the Bible without prayer, I'm telling you, it leads to more irrelevance. And this is what I've been praying. Lord, send the revivalists. Lord, make me a revivalist. All of them. John G. Lake and Evan Roberts, God. A William Seymour, God. All the revivalists, all those that prayed that through. God, Father, I pray, God, give me the spirit of a revivalist to pray, to fast, to be serious, to weep, to care, to birth it, God. And I know it takes pain. When you hear a woman having a baby, and I was right there, my wife uh, was holding my hand having a baby. She held my hand so much, had a bruise on my wrist. Is it hurt? Where the men can birth something. The Bible said, call for the wailing women in Jeremiah. Where are the wailing men at? Turn that stupid TV off. Quit lifting all them weights. You, got, you want to make your shoulders bigger, but you can't lift nothing in the spirit. I'm calling the male gender out. Calling you to humble yourself before God. Professional athletes, professional academic people, economic people, bankers, get on your knees. Come on, join me. Come join me and get on my knees. This is what's going to help us, us, humility before our God. 
Evan Roberts wrote, he said, prayer is buried and lost and heaven weeps. If all prayed, the wicked would flee from our midst. And I'm saying what we need is a moratorium of reputation. Everybody wants their reputation to be great. They want to be the latest preacher. I want to be the latest prayer. I want, I, want, I want heaven to record in the eons of time after time is over and eternity just goes on and on and on and on. That one right there, he prayed for me because I'm going to find the people that prayed for me. And I won't be the ones praying for others right now. Those that are coming out of prison, those that are coming home from war, and they got issues. We all got some issues. We got the same issue. It's called sin, and we got the same enemy, and he's called the devil. As long as we're talking more of social uh, distancing than we are about all-night prayer and conviction and forgiveness of our sins, we're just Christians just being another fad. That's all we are. We're just another fad. We lost our power. We don't even care about it. I just, I wish I was getting on your nerves. I wish I was efficient enough to offend you, to get on your nerves so you will turn your plate down, put a knife to your throat. The Bible said, if you suffer gluttony, God help me. Help me to be where I ought to be when I ought to be there and be all up in there doing what I ought to be doing and wake up again and do it tomorrow and call it a breakthrough. I was reading a book called The Fields of the Fatherless as I Close by Tom Davis, a great book. I probably read it 15 years ago for the first time. Fear demands the status quo, and status quo leads to death. Can't do no more. Don't, don't go no further than that. Huh? Your reputation will suffer. Don't pray in tongues. Shelly don't pray in tongues in the supermarket. Shelly don't pray in tongues at the gas station. I heard Dr. Lester Summerall say about Smith Wigglesworth, and he said that fear knocked at the door, and he answered the door, and nobody was there. I hope I'm helping somebody. I hope I'm getting on somebody's nerve to come on into righteousness. I'm not saying you're unrighteous. I'm saying there's more. There's more. There's more. The Lord bless you. I love you. I love America. I love this region. And this is the way I'm talking to our children at Heroes Camp. I'm trying to awaken them. I'm trying to awaken their parents. I want to awaken a generation so we can go on to know God and we can become all that we're supposed to be. This doesn't have to be the end. This can be a great new beginning and a, a generation that didn't know the Lord and they ran off and we became everything but what we were supposed to be. And we went back and recovered the humility, the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Get our children, no child left behind. Wow. Children at 50 years old, 40 years old, all the way down to newborns. Lord, help me and help us. Lord, bless this nation, bless this world. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. Forgive me. I love you. The Lord bless you. Pat Magley with Heroes Camp, signing out. Peace.